We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat, and we're doing a very quick emergency episode because we have more bad news from our Chicago Bulls. Following arguably the low point of the entire season last night, a 115-106 loss to the Orlando Magic, a game in which the Bulls trailed by 23 points in the fourth quarter before making a little bit of cut of a comeback getting within striking distance, but still falling uh, both lose that game. And now comes the news that Zach Levine has entered the league's health and safety protocol and will miss at least a few games. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, this injury comes at the worst possible time for a Bulls team currently holding on to the final spot in the Eastern conference play-in picture. Uh, and, you know, with a jam packed schedule ahead of them, they can't afford to drop any more games. Uh, they've got the Memphis Grizzlies again on Friday. On the next day, they play the Cleveland Cavaliers on a back-to-back on Saturday. Both of those games are at home. And then on Monday, they are at Boston. I would expect Levine to miss at least those three games. Perhaps he could be back for a game at Cleveland on Wednesday. Uh, but Jason, I mean, this is just really bad news for the Bulls. We don't know the extent of Levine's absence. We don't know if he actually contracted COVID. We don't know if he just uh, is going to be out with contact tracing. But whatever it is, the Bulls definitely don't need Levine missing games right now. Uh, and, you know, just since they've made the Vucevic trade, things have totally gone off the rails, man. It just seems like it gets worse and worse uh, with each passing day. Basically, you know, from the moment they made the trade, Levine had the ankle injury. He decided to power through it. I guess if you want to talk about a silver lining of this trade, Levine now will get a few days rest, if nothing else. 
uh, to heal up from the ankle injury. But, you know, if he does actually have COVID, I think that that is for sure going to affect his performance the rest of the season, even if he does, you know, fully recover and is able to pass a test. I know I read a story yesterday that Jason Tatum is now using an inhaler before and during games. After contracting COVID earlier this season, he had never used an inhaler in his life before that. So uh, COVID is still very real. It's scary. Uh, We don't know if Levine has it. Maybe he's just out with contact tracing. But the Bulls did cancel practice today, which is also sort of big news because I don't know if the Bulls have ever practiced since they made this Vucevic trade. I don't think they've had a full practice yet. Or if they have, maybe only one. So uh, this just sucks, dude. Things just keep getting worse and worse. And I said last night, the loss to the Magic is the low point in the season. I thought that that was, you know, worse than their opening night loss to the Hawks, worse than anything else that happened this year. Uh, and things just keep getting worse and worse with this Levine news. So how are you feeling about Yeah, I mean, obviously not good. Last night's game was uh, a joke. I mean, they started terribly. Uh, Zach was bad to start. I mean, the whole just, I mean, they were down, what, 10 after the first quarter. Uh and they kind of came back in the second quarter, and then they got outscored by thir- 20 damn points in the third quarter. Like, Michael Will- Carter-Williams was sl- uh, splashing threes. Wendell was going off on them. Uh, Dante Hall, who I think is on, like, a 10-day contract maybe, he's just, like, skying past dudes for offensive rebounds. Like, it was just a terrible team effort all across the board. Like, Billy Donovan was trying out zone defense, and they were getting roasted on that. They obviously did make t- that kind of fake rally. Uh in that fourth quarter, they got it down to six, but Zach just kind of tried to play hero ball and started hitting some shots, but uh, he had a bad turnover then. Michael Carter, it was basically Michael Carter-Williams and Wendell Carter kind of put the nail in the coffin, and then James Ennis hit hit a, hit a clutch three at the end to basically end the game. So just it was just a total piss-poor effort. The quotes coming out of like after the game from some of the guys were obviously very just disheartening. Thad and Zach just both talked about how the effort wasn't there. They didn't start playing until the fourth quarter, I and mean, that's just inexcusable. Bulls clearly are not a good enough team to be taking teams slightly at this point. So, I mean, just just awful, awful game. And now this on top of it, uh, with Zach being out, I know he did just miss a game recently with that ankle injury. And the Bulls were relatively competitive with the Suns. I know they went down big in that game. But they did make it close at the end. Uh, I mean, and they might, like, they might be okay for, like, a little bit here. Like, I guess, maybe, I mean, we'll see. The Grizzlies are a really tough team. We just saw the Bulls lose to the Grizzlies in an ugly performance. Uh, I mean, maybe if some of these other guys actually start stepping up at all. I mean, again, last night, like Kobe White played some of the worst basketball all season. Larry Markin did nothing again. I mean, just all these guys just not doing anything. So now they're going to have to be forced to step up with Lauer with a uh, Zach out. Uh, and maybe that'll help them. I have no idea. Like, may, I mean, it seems like the guy, these guys just like, don't really, they're not comfortable in their roles right now. Uh, just l- no confidence. So maybe having Zach not be there will help some of these guys if they have more usage and they get more opportunities. I have no idea. It's just, it's really weird situation now with the team. Uh, and yeah, it just sucks. And just like not, I mean, just not having Zach at all. It just feels, it's just, it's just going to be weird for this next week or two. Like I said, maybe they, they, they do okay. But if they, and if they do okay, then people will be like, Oh, are the bulls better without Zach? And then the whole, that, that all conversation will start again. And it's just an infor- unfortunate situation in general. Colin will bring you up right now. <laughs> Hello. What's up? Thanks for joining. Hey, can, you guys, can you guys hear me? Okay, sorry about that. Sure can. Hey, yeah. So I'd I'd be curious. You know, I just dropped a line in there. Uh, I I think there's probably some benefit to having somebody like Troy jump into the starting lineup, but I can only assume that Donovan's going to roll with Temple. I mean, is that a correct assumption? And do you guys think that's best? 
Uh, I'm going to sort of spin that a different way. What I would like to maybe see happen with this is Troy Brown get some reps at guard because up to this point, since the Bulls traded him, they have given him some decent tick off the bench, uh, but he's been playing small forward. So yeah, I would be down with, you know, all of the Troy Brown minutes that we can get, but uh, as someone who covered Troy Brown as a high school player, he was a point guard throughout his high school career. He got moved to the wing when he went to Oregon because they had Peyton Pritchard already there. And he's been a wing since he's entered the NBA. So maybe with Zach out, they can actually give Troy Brown some ball handling reps. Maybe he can run some pick and rolls uh, and try to organize the offense a little bit because this the role they have him in right now is very much like off ball, catch and shoot defense role, low usage offense. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe they can, uh, you know, get him some some more on-ball reps, which I would like to see. But I agree with the point that uh, Donovan's going to favor Garrett Temple. This team desperately misses Garrett Temple in the short term because they just have no wing in general. They have no one who can get around a screen. Garrett Temple can do both those things. So, uh, you know, when Temple's you know, fully back on board. I think that he's going to see a lot of minutes, but I still think there's going to be an opportunity for Troy Brown, and I'd like to see him handle the ball. Well, a little bit. Know, I'm of the mentality that they did acquire him for something. This wasn't a move that happened at the trade deadline that he was just kind of like a throw-in piece, and I understand, you know, he had his time in Washington that kind of didn't go as – it was very up and down. You know, I watched him very closely in Washington. So I think that they like something that they've seen in him. So I think that this would be an opportunity for them to take that 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 opportunity and, and give him those minutes and and try and invest in what you know they traded for him you know for at least with the idea of yeah and then the other thing too is i'm sure that you know one of the main talking points around the fan base after this zach news is like oh well now it's time to tank now it's time to try to get that top four protected pick and to keep it well obviously the bulls aren't going to try to lose on purpose the coaching staff isn't going to do that karnashovas isn't going to instruct them to do that the players aren't going to lose on purpose but sort of one way to do that would be to just be giving uh, Troy Brown a bunch of minutes, right? Because then, like, you serve uh, you serve him by developing him. And it's possible, just given his lack of NBA experience, that, you know, the team will uh, be worse with him on the floor in a bigger role or in more minutes. So I'm all for the more Troy Brown. I think that he's been pretty impressive in his minutes uh, so far, even though they have been a little uneven. But, yeah, I've been a big fan of him for a while, and I agree that, this could be an opportunity for more Troy Brown. And then the other thing I want to say is how about more Dotson? Like how have they not tried out Dotson? It's not like the team is only played three games. Yeah, dude. It's not like the team is a well-oiled machine. (laughs) They're an embarrassment on every single level. Wasn't his like, wasn't his mom or like his girlfriend's something complaining about something last night. um, I think. Yeah. Some some family member of of Dotson. I think was complaining on Twitter about him not getting minutes last night. Yeah, which honestly, I mean, it's hard to argue with them, you know, (laughs) like they're seeing the same thing that we're seeing as far as on court product. For sure. His mom said that he was in the only underclassman All-American to ever go undrafted. Great stat right there. He did come out as a sophomore. Uh, And the Bulls haven't given him an opportunity at all with the big league club after they sent him to the G League bubble and he got some minutes with Canton. So I would love to see Dotson. I think that that could be one thing that could give the Bulls a little bit boost if you want to talk about what they're missing when they miss zach obviously they're missing their primary scoring option their go-to score but you know they're also missing the only guy in the team who can get to the rim 
no one else gets to the rim at a high clip. Dotson can do that. He's a speed demon. He's got a very quick first step. And defensively, the Bulls need point of attack defense right now, I would say, especially from their backcourt. Dotson, I think, can provide that as well. He was a very good point of attack defender at Kansas. Obviously, he's limited a bit defensively by his lack of size. He's not going to be someone who can switch on to bigger uh, forwards and stuff. But as a one-position defender, he's he can get over a screen. I really believe that. And I would love to see Donovan give Dotson a chance. And I think typically guys who get put into these situations do, I mean, Dotson would have to recognize the opportunity for what it is. And I think that he would exercise, you know, most of his effort on that end of the ball, because naturally I think that he can score the ball pretty well, even at an NBA level, you know, we haven't seen much, but I think that he would really kind of go all out on defense. And it, it speaks to the same thing with Troy Brown Jr., where it's, you have an opportunity here to, maybe do a little bit of both with the tanking, but also still trying to keep the ship afloat. Uh, yeah, I think both those guys are, are, are viable options. I mean, it's not the they, – they have some guys they can use, and, and there's some there's an opportunity here, you know, in the Zach Levine uh, injury, which is it's, – it's unfortunate as it is. But uh, like you said, maybe he'll get some rest. Uh, appreciate uh, you guys taking the question. Uh, fan of both of y'all's. Uh, let's see what they do from here. Cool. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. I want to read off a comment Chris left in the chat. Chris said, Tank Dream is dead, boys. Seven spot, probably the lowest they can drop. Maybe, maybe six. Top five is locked in. Chris, I fully agree. I said this to my bros after the uh, news came out and my group text started flying. Everyone said, oh, now it's time to tank to the bottom. Well, like I said, the team isn't going to try to lose games on purpose. They have, I'm sure Donovan has no interest in that. Karnaschovas isn't going to tell him to lose games on purpose. So if that's how you want to define tanking, that's not going to happen. The Bulls likely will just lose by not having Zach Levine on the floor for these few games. Uh, and, you know, potentially they could sink a little bit lower. But right now they're in 10th at 22 and 32. Uh, Sacramento is at nine. The Raptors are at eight. Washington is at seven. I fully agree that seven is the absolute lowest they're going to be able to go. Uh, the Wizards have won two straight. So, you know, any team with Westbrook and Beal, I think, isn't going to like super thinking about the future. Like, those two guys are going to want to try to get into the play-in tournament. If they could get down to seven, that would be amazing because then they would have a 32% chance of keeping the pick in terms of it being in the top four. But I think that we got to get over this delusion of the Bulls somehow lucking out in the lottery and keeping the pick. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think that, uh, you know, they made the, when they made this trade, they were saying, we're fine not having the eighth or ninth pick in this draft. Uh, I think that given the problems that the team had, that that is, you know, a totally legitimate choice to make. Uh, adding another 18 or 19 year old, you know, with the eighth or ninth pick wasn't going to be an automatic savior. Uh, so I guess that was sort of their thought calculus coming into it. They did protect the pick just in case there was an injury situation, uh, and they protected the pick for reasons like this. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, people should really be throwing out the word tanking. Uh, really, the Bulls are just going to have to cross their fingers and hope they get lucky in the lottery because at this point, given how, I mean, if you're going to be down by 23 fucking points, <laughs> who are you going to beat? the rest of the year, right? Like I'm looking at the rest of these games and it's like, uh, well, they're not going to beat Boston. Boston's pretty hot. Now they're probably not going to beat Memphis who just sort of whooped their ass. I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Knicks or the heat or the bucks or the Hawks or the Sixers. You look at the rest of the season and it's like, what the hell, man? So maybe they'll get lucky, but I fully agree with Chris's comments that you're not going to be able to get lower than seven. And even getting to seven is probably a pipe dream. I think they are likely to enter the lottery 
with the 10th best odds, and they're probably going to lose the 10th pick in the draft. And that is, you know, the reality of the situation. Which is, I mean, again, if they do lose the 10th pick, that's, like, totally fine. Like, I think I saw a mock draft today that it was, like, Franz Wagner at, like, number 10. Like, whatever. Losing that pick would be, again, whatever. It just, in general, just the play right now is just so disheartening on the court. Uh, I mean, last night's game was just a joke. Like, I, earlier in the podcast we did th- this week, uh, we were trying to be optimistic with Michael Pinon, and even after that, we're like, oh, you know, whatever happens this year is okay. Still just, like, watching <laughs> watching last night's game was just infuriating because the Magic are basically a G League roster. I mean, you the Bulls should not be that bad. Like, losing, getting down 23 points to that team. When Wendell's, like, dunking all over you and Michael Carter-Williams is hitting threes and getting clutch steal and dunks and, like, uh, Cole Anthony's like driving through your defense and Dante Hall is getting rebounds over everybody. I mean, that's just inexcusable. It just, it just can't happen. And that just like make you mad. Like if you, it's one thing if you like play well and lose, uh, but when you're losing like that to like a, basically again, a G league team, uh, really bad. And then I tweeted this earlier today as well, just about the bulls rebuild in general. Uh, if we're talking about the tanking stuff and how, and especially in the wake of Luca hitting that ridiculous shot against the Grizzlies last night, uh, just like how close the Bulls came to possibly having a chance at Luca with that stupid uh, coin flip that they ended up like losing out on to the Kings, and then obviously that season in general, uh, they uh, were three and twenty to start that season, and then the Nikola Mirotic like seven game winning streak, and then like the what's his face Sean Kilpatrick garbage at the end of the season, the Bulls won games and ended up with the seventh pick in a year. They started three and twenty and were clearly tanking. It was brutal. And then I also realized again that I tweeted this that uh, the Bulls have literally not been above 500 since they traded Jimmy. So that's four, this is four straight years not even getting like lucky once to like win a game your first game of the season. So just like it's just very disheartening right now, just in general. Uh, looking at some of these some of these quotes or some of these comments here, uh, we have something about El Amino. Is he just another Felicio? He play, he he got dusted off in the early in the fourth quarter last night, and uh, he was absolutely terrible. There was one possession where he tried to dribble the ball, and I think he almost lost it multiple times, and then uh, threw up a shot from like five feet, and it went like ten feet. So he, I mean, theoretically, like the good version of Aminu could be like a wing defender that the Bulls definitely need, but like I feel like he just looks terrible right now. Uh, really, really ugly stuff. Uh, another comment here about the rotation with Zach out. So we have Sato, Kobe, Pat, Thad, Vucevic, Troy Brown Jr., Garrett Temple, Lowry Tice. I actually think Denzel's going to play a decent amount. The last time Zach was out, Denzel got big minutes because he hit a bunch of shots. It would not surprise me if he if he plays again just for that jolt of the offense. I was actually, even before this Zach thing, I was kind of curious to see if the Bulls would actually change the lineup up again to maybe try to balance things out again, like, to get Kobe off point guard, off the bench. Uh, I think the idea of just having, having him as the shooting guard, I do like. But like just having him as a shooting guard in general is good. Not having him be the point guard. Uh, I was thinking like maybe they bring Sato off the bench. Maybe they move Thad back to the bench to have him, uh, him and Laurie have some good chemistry. But now with Zach out, uh, I, I do wonder, like, will they start Kobe? Well, could you start Kobe again now? Like, he's he's been so bad, like, but... I guess what are the other options? Like you said, Troy Brown is an option. Like they start Temple. I don't. I don't I, Kobe's just a, is like a huge enigma right now. Like, what do you do with Kobe, Ricky? Like what's what is the deal with him? Yeah, well, you know Kobe can't play point guard. Kobe has been a little bit better just spotting up off the ball as a scorer. The problem is that he can't break down the defense because he can't handle the ball. Every time he tries to get past one defender, he dribbles the ball off his foot. So uh, I don't think that you know 
giving Kobe minutes at the two is necessarily a terrible idea just because they're going to need someone to try to replace the scoring that you lost with Zach. And I don't see any other quick fixes on the roster, right? Like, what what else are they really going to do? Right. Uh, the bigger picture take on this is that you know, uh, a year ago, and especially two years ago after his second season, I think Markinen had a lot more value around the league than he does right now. I think that as time has gone on, as they've held on to him, he's gotten exposed as a player who hasn't gotten any better and, uh, you know, just isn't as valuable as, as an asset as he was originally. So part of me is thinking, like, I think Kobe's going to be a pretty decent player long term. What's frustrating about Kobe is that he didn't get any better in his second season. If you look at his numbers, he improves his assists a little bit. He improved his two-point field goal percentage a little bit. But he's pretty much the exact same player, and he's a little worse in certain areas. So, you know, we I'm sure we'll talk about this on every episode uh, for the next year. But, like, flip Kobe, maybe. I think that's something they seriously have to think about in the offseason. But, you know, Kobe did end his rookie year pretty hot when they mostly had him in a shooting guard role. So I don't mind letting him get some run in the two. And then here's the other thing, Jason, that we haven't hit on yet. How long do you think Levine's realistically going to be out? Like, if he misses three games, uh, everyone's like, oh, start the tank, season's over. Well, the season might be over just because the Bulls fucking suck and they lose him by 23 points to the Magic. But at the same time, like... If he did not have COVID, and we don't know, we have no idea, but right. as long as he didn't contract the virus, he might only miss three games and then be back, and maybe his ankle will be a little healthier, and that could be a silver lining. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I don't know. It just it just seems all really bad right now. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Some of these other comments. Our guy, uh, Chris Hemmonson, says, another, some more Troy Brown Jr. love. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, the Bulls just need defense at the point of attack, clearly. I know with Zach out, they're going to need the offense, but and it, Troy's offense is not very good, but, like, 
Uh, I like the idea of having just at least some type of defense there just because it's been so bad at the point of attack. Um, and he has said that with his follow-up comment. The offense could be suspect. I mean, I think then you just play through you play through Vucevic as much as you can. Uh, I mean, I guess if you have Sato, Troy Brown, Pat. I mean, Pat's got to step up too. I mean, we haven't really talked about Patrick Williams that much. He's obviously been kind of been very quiet lately. Uh, I know we talked on our last pod about how we don't really like how some of the quotes about Billy kind of neutering like his mid-range game and uh, he just like hasn't been taking any shots. Uh, it would be nice to see him kind of step up again as well just because he's been so quiet. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, everyone's, just in general, everyone's going to have to step up when you're losing 27, 28 points per game. Uh, I mean, maybe the D, de- I know, I mean, Zach's defense has gotten better this year. I know it's still not very good. I mean, maybe, uh, I mean, obviously the rest of the defense isn't that great either. So, I don't know. It's just... I guess we'll. I guess we'll have. I guess we'll have to see just like how long he actually is out. And I mean, in general, they're just, they're just not very good either way. And I still like refuse to think they're as bad as they are. But uh, just a bunch of crap right now. It's garbage. Yeah, and I agree with what Chris just said in the comments, and I've been saying this that the Bulls need to try to let Pat work on ball because I think that that's really where his ceiling is. As an off-ball offensive player, I don't think his ceiling is that high. Like. Uh, he's sort of a tentative outside shooter. He is a good cutter, which for sure has value off the ball. But I think where his upside lies is as a guy who can actually handle the ball and initiate plays in the pick and roll. So I fully agree with Chris on that one. And then I also agree with DJ in the comments who said Pat's hit the rookie wall hard. Yeah, he has. But that happens to every rookie, especially when you're the second youngest rookie in the league. And the thing about hitting the rookie wall is how, what has coincided with that? What's happened is Donovan has told him several times, or Donovan said several times in press conferences, that he doesn't want him taking mid-range shots. Okay, so now Pat's bread and butter is the mid-range shot. He's in the 82nd percentile or whatever of the entire league at his position in terms of mid-range field goal attempts. So now when you tell him that he can't take those shots, you just get stuck in no man's land, right? Like, what Pat needs to learn is those little tricks to, like, get to the basket, finish at the basket. He's not going to have those in the middle of the season. Like, that's something that you sort have to develop over the course of an offseason so I hated that Donovan told him that I think that Pat should definitely be leaning into his mid-range game because honestly like who cares like we all understand that what you want are threes layups and free throws but at the same time like when you got a young a guy as young as him who would you know who's younger than half the first rounders in this next draft or more than half the first rounders in this next draft as freshmen uh, you just want to get his confidence up I think and it's not just about like quote-unquote being aggressive and taking a lot of field goal attempts it's taking shots where he's comfortable so uh, I hated that Donovan said that even though like you know in a vacuum I agree that you don't want your team taking a bunch of mid-range shots you just need to get his confidence up so I'd love to see the Pat Vooch pick and roll fuck yeah Zach I want to see that and yeah like Pat needs to play at higher usage his usage rate right now is like 15 percent so that's going to be the big thing next year is can he up the usage and still maintain his efficiency he has been relatively efficient this year uh but fuck man everything just sucks right now i mean they are a disaster everything is bad there are no good vibes going around the team right now and the last thing i'll touch on is uh josh said in the comments joshua said i'm surprised the bulls signed up to be a six seed at best i think that's the way a lot of people are looking at it my only counter to that is that they were so aggressive in remaking the team at the trade deadline that I don't think you could look at the roster and be like, yeah, we're locked in 
to these guys now. I think they are going to continue to totally overhaul this. I think that, you know, even if they re-sign Levine to a long-term deal and you got two more years of Vooch after this, they could still trade either of those guys. They can still make moves. I don't think Karnaschovas is going to, like, basically rest on his laurels the way that Garpax did. Uh, and they were super patient and basically wanted everyone to develop. They didn't want to make trades. I don't think that's the way Karnaschovas is going to approach the team. So even if the Vooch trade ends up looking bad, and, you know, I was fine with the trade at the time, but, yeah, for sure, it might end up being a disaster. And I don't really mind people who think it could be trending that way. Uh but at the same time, like, they're not going to be married to this, I don't think. Like, if something's not working, I truly do believe they're going to start to make other moves, flip some guys. Uh, and the team they have today is not the team they're going to have next year. It might not be the team they have, you know, uh, after next year's trade deadline, going into the season after that. And they just had nothing to work with from the Garpax era. Like, Kobe, Wendell, and Lowry just were not going to be foundational pieces for you. So when you actually get Vooch, and now you have Zach and Vooch, now you can sort of, like, see what the team needs, right? Like, just having two pieces sort of lets you figure out what you want from the other three starters and what you want from the bench. And they didn't really have that when they were relying on the guys that Garpax drafted, just because those dudes weren't keepers. So it's not like you're going to try to get pieces to fit around their skill sets when they're not any good. Now you actually know what Vooch is good at. He's an all-star level player. Zach has proven he's an all-star level player. You know what he's good at. So now it's like, how do we find the pieces to fit around these two guys to put the team in the best position to succeed? So I think that that was part of the reason they made the trade. And it could still end up blowing up in their face. It could end up looking really shitty. But as I've said all along, dude, like, they were going nowhere before the trade deadline. Yeah. And the idea that like, all right, you got the ninth pick in the draft. It is a lottery ticket. There's an opportunity cost to it for sure, but it just wasn't going to be good enough to say like, okay, now this ninth pick in the draft. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that they made a big move like this, even if you can question whether it was like the right guy to make the move on, I got like, and it definitely can blow up in their face. Like you said, I'm still happy they made the move. I'm still willing to be patient to see. I mean, a lot of people in the comments talking about just like uh, the off season and how like AK could be aggressive. And there, there could be tough, this comment from Brian here, like uh, how they have limited cap space and assets like aren't totally great now. But um, I think, uh, I think they're going to definitely try to turn over a lot of the roster. So I think we just see that like the writing seems to be on the wall with Lowry. It might be with Kobe. Uh, I think just like a lot of the other old players, they're probably just going to try to get out. They try to get some new blood in there. They know what they need around two guys, two offense first, defensive limited guys. They need more versatility defensively. Uh, they need a point guard. Um, here's a comment about Chris Paul. I am kind of, I, 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 we kind of talked about Chris Paul last off season and like, I wouldn't say like I poop, we poo pooed it, but I mean, we kind of like, oh, like it wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, I think the Chris Paul just like continues to just like complete show that he's, incredible and i mean if the bulls had chris paul just imagine how much better they'd be right now we see what the suns are doing but um yeah i don't know there it's uh, here's another comment from brian they're going to win now with whom exactly the roster needs a massive orville yeah i mean i think that's what it still comes down to it uh they they looked at this roster i guess they did want to see you can argue that they should not have spent this time doing this whole evaluation thing to start the season that they should have just uh, so seeing what happened the last few years and something like these guys aren't going to be good enough. Uh, but I guess they wanted to see and they ended up not being good enough. And now they're, 
they cash some chips in another all-star just because again, we do have to think about Zach Levine's uh, unrestricted free agency coming up uh, in next off season. So like if they're the, the trade for Vooch is also kind of investing in Zach and his future and trying to hope that he sticks around as well. Uh, but there's going to be just so much more work to do. I mean, it's clear again, they just need a lot more, way more good players. Uh, and it's, it's not necessarily like, with some of the like issues in place with the cap. And now that they're down a few assets, obviously uh, it'll take, you'll have to be creative. You'll have to be aggressive, but that's why uh, those guys make a lot of money to do that. And hopefully, hopefully they do do that. And if they don't, we'll just, uh, uh, stay in our armchairs and rip, rip, continue to rip them because right now it's not going well. But I'm, again, I'm not going to be uh, uh, really just judging too harshly this this Vucevic trade just yet. And and the, I guess the other move because I think the other move was good as well, getting Tice, getting Troy Brown Jr. So I don't know. That's that's about all I got here, Ricky. Do you have anything else? We probably wrap up here. Let's wrap it up, man. All right. Yeah. Unless anyone we, else we wants to come. What? Sorry, go ahead. If anyone else wants to come on stage, feel free. But uh, yeah, otherwise we can wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for all the comments. Good stuff here. Obviously, a tough day, tough few, tough week here, tough few weeks here for the Bulls. Uh, thank you for everyone who commented, who spoke, who thanks for, I think, Colin, who came and uh, had his comment up here with us. Uh, and thanks to everyone who always listens to these pods. It's great. Uh, it's been Cash Considerations at Chicago Bulls Podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, if you like our podcast, there's t- tons of other great pods across the Blue Wire Network. So if you want to go listen to those other great NBA pods or other sports or just other things, like we have a ton of great pods on Blue Wire. We've got cool Ken Griffey Jr. pod going these days. So go check out all the other great pods across the Blue Wire Network in addition to us. And obviously this pod will be up later. If you missed some of this, if you want to go back and listen to it, uh, it'll be up later on our feed. Uh, you know where to find us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, so this has been Cash Considerations, a Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.